Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Christian Project. Exciting and unscripted episode today with Calvin Langenberg, another Christian health coach online. I, I find it absolutely crazy how we connected, but God works in some mysterious ways. It's a pleasure to have you on today. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, man. I guess I guess you could call it God or you could just call it the algorithm, whatever you want to call it. It's very mysterious either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Instagram algorithm is uncomprehendable. <laughs> yeah, immutable, uh, glorious, incomprehensible, uh, awesome. But yeah, it is it is a it is a trip. Uh, I don't, I don't even think I remember how I how I came across your profile or vice versa. I think you had a, another podcast with somebody mm-hmm. Matthew Gay, and I had a podcast yes or a video with him or live with him a week ago or so. But yeah, oh so, really? Yeah. So I think that what you guys talk about. Oh man, everything, dude. I every single time I get on one of these with somebody, I'm thinking in my brain, okay, it's just gonna be 30 minutes. We're just gonna go through these questions. That's what's kind of funny when you asked about an agenda. I was like, no, dude, because every single time we'll have like two questions, and then we'll just talk about those things for like 30 minutes. And so I think yep. me and him, we just kind of talked about maybe some objections to that some Christians have because mm-hmm. they're too living a healthier lifestyle. It's it's kind of funny, like when you, when I started being more open about my faith on social media, the mo like the majority of people that gave me flack were the people that were believers, and so there's just a lot of objection. actually, yeah, I've gotten a lot of backlash as well from talking to Christians, which is crazy. <laughs> but like, you'll get that thing where like, oh, you're just like the people in the temple selling, and I'm like. <laughs> No, not at all. They were scamming you. Yeah. I'm helping you. <laughs> yeah, trying to help you. Um, but yeah, it is, so it, is, it is pretty funny. So me and him were just talking about just different objections that the church has and just maybe some different ways to deal with that in grace and in love. And mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of his, his whole MO was finding the balance or I think he was bridging the gap of Christianity and health. And so mm-hmm. and that, was, that was a really good one. That's amazing. You know, what's actually crazy is um, there's a survey, there was like a whole PhD study done, I forget what it was called. Um, but it was mentioning that about 60% of pastors in America consider themselves overweight. 60%. That's a lot. Yeah. And the fact that like our bodies are the, uh, the, the medium through which we communicate and represent our faith and mm. God and how he expects us to use them. If our body is not a good medium to represent it through yeah. people see you're looking at you and they're seeing clearly you can't control your appetite. Clearly you can't control your body. Why am I supposed to listen to you? Yeah, dude, I'm about to pop off, but I think, <laughs> so I haven't been in Awana in a long time. So forgive me. And oh my gosh, I forgot Awana. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's second Timothy that just talks about the standard that the elders are supposed to have in the yep. And it's, it's kind of getting ridiculous because that standard is now so low because it's about the principles within that culture that he's talking about. But those, mm-hmm. those principles need to fit within our culture. Like that standard needs to be so high. Like, if you're going to go to the church, you can go to church and you don't have to live by those standards, right? Because mm. and we're, it, it's cool if we all try to live by those standards and we all try to keep a certain requirements for ourselves. But the leaders of our church, it, it's like necessary for them. Like 
Paul is super specific on the people that when you come into the church, you say, oh, that's the pastor or that's the, those are the elders. They have a very specific criteria that has to be met. And I think that if in our culture now, I think that it's just very tragic that it's not even talked about that obesity isn't one of those, like, not isn't one of the standards, but isn't talked about as like, hey, like, sorry, we need you as a really good representation for what a Christian is. And you're just severely overweight. Like, it's just, it's such a, I don't know, acceptable sin. It's not even a sin, but it's just an acceptable thing. It's just like, oh, well, I guess Mm -hmm. we're just all overweight and fat and we've overeaten. And it's just, it is what it is. But now that standard is just so low. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. There are situations and everyone's circumstances affect their own lives. But like there are situations where stress and and grief and these kinds of things pop up or maybe where someone doesn't have the knowledge or the money or the means to make it work. Um, but that's why people like us are available to help and show the grace and give the guidance and the knowledge and the means and all that they need. Um, like there is a responsibility to take care of yourself and no, like we don't want to to shame anyone at all. Like obviously you're going through your own thing and we're just gently reminding you and, and bringing you back to what God wants for you. Like he doesn't want you to be obese and it's not that he doesn't love you any more or less. God loves you the same, but he wants you to honor what you have yeah. and what he has given you. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's not even, like all that stuff is 100% true for your everyday average believer. But when you're mm-hmm. talking about the elders in the church, the people that are supposed to be the standard, your, mm-hmm. your, your red flags have to go a little bit more. It has to be a little bit more intense than that. Well, right. Cause you look up to them as role models. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's almost like you can't just say, Oh yeah, there's, you know, there's grace for them. And you know, we all do this. It's like, well, why don't we do that with anything else with the, with the elders, like I mean, the second he goes and cheats on his wife, you're like, oh no, he can't, you know, he's got to get out of here. It's like, well, how how much sin are we going to tolerate, or how much, not even sin, but just how low are we going to put this standard of being a leader in the church in in our day and age? And I just, mm-hmm. you know, that's just one thing that obviously I sound like a complete, you know, judgmental guy because, but whatever, like, I don't care. I think that that's, if I had mm-hmm. a church and I was running a church, that would be my thing. And I, and you know, that's not to say people think when I say that I'm just going around pointing at the obese elders and being like, Hey, repent of your sins. It's like, no, that's, <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying, no, of course. Have standards. Like I, you can, yeah, of course there are, there are certain standards. I think the problem though, it's not even, it's not even just Christianity standards have dropped for everything. That's, like absolutely yeah. everything like you're talking if you want to look for a a worker it's like your standards have dropped you can't find anyone good so you'd lower <laughs> the standards to find someone acceptable um you want to look standards have dropped for for clothing and how much is is i uh moder- modest yeah mm. the modest amount of clothing to be wearing standards have dropped for quality of work for everything absolutely mm. everything and it's bleeding into the church as well mm. yeah yeah for sure that's a that's, mm-hmm. that's a nice little rant right there. <laughs> Literally, uh, okay. But I want to talk about what we were originally going to talk about, which is like <laughs> the struggles of maintaining your health. I guess health, fitness, whatever you want to call it, uh, even mental health as a you, someone our age. Uh, like we're not we're not ridiculously old people. Um, we are 
I don't know, in our 20s. I'm assuming you're in your 20s. You kind of look like you're in your 20s. Yeah. Um, you're also married. Are you Are you a father? Not yet. Working on it. Not yet. Working right. on it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, but like, what are the challenges that you think come with people our age trying to live a healthy lifestyle? So I think what happens is I think people think that they have, they have so much time. They just wait. And superpowers, right? Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of the peers and I, I, I'm very blessed that I grew up with a lot of people that were older than me. The majority of my friends were my older brother's friends. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of got like a little glimpse of the future, just hanging around other people. And I got to see their mistakes. I got to see some of the wiser ones that did things correctly. And so, you know, just having that, that future oriented mind is something that I think a lot of my peers really lack. Their focus is just kind of on the here and now, and they don't really understand. Maybe they've never talked to anyone that's older than them to understand the negative effects that their health has on them. So I, mm-hmm. I was a trainer for, for several years, like six years ago, and I worked with a lot of middle-aged people and every single one of them, the challenge was so much more difficult because and they, they all said it. They're like, man, I wish I would have started younger. And so, yeah, you know, this is actually crazy. I was just going to say like many of the people signing up for my program, once they hit like thirties, mid thirties, forties or whatever, they're like, you know, I thought I had the time. I thought my metabolism was just going to keep going like it was. And then it dropped off and I gained the weight. And I'm like, well, yeah, you weren't exercising your entire life. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's an accumulative thing. It's not just, it is, it's not just they're, they're this, they're in their forties now. Now they have all of this baggage that they've had to you know, if they would have just very, very small things over the last 20, 30 years been creating the habit of, then it, it everything would have just been so much easier. It's, it's the concept mm-hmm. of front loading. It's the concept yep. of, you know, being prepared in preparation and being wise. Uh, and so I just think that people, people are really, really black and white. And so what happens is they'll just say, you know what, I'm really, really focused right now just on having kids. You know, I can eat all this stuff and do all this, but later I'll, I'll, you know, get in shape and do these things and mm-hmm. focus on, on working out and things like that. And it's just, it's just, it's not a, it's not a good idea. And it just never works out because I've talked to people who are in their fifties mm-hmm. and sixties and they say, nope, it didn't work. I wish I would have done this earlier. Like, yeah, I, I agree to a point. I think there are seasons in life. Um, where of course some seasons you focus more on one thing than another and prioritize one thing than another, but that doesn't mean that you fully give up on the other things. Like for example, in my own life, I have my own priorities, my faith, my marriage, my business, my own health and fitness and my education. And I find that in any one given season, I can only really excel in one or two of those and maintain the others, not give up on the others, Mm. just maintain the others. And so maybe right now I'm in a season where I'm focusing a little bit more on my business, but I haven't given up on my, on my fitness. I'm still working out. It's still part of my lifestyle. I'm just not excelling or like moving towards a goal. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's one of the mentalities that I, I mean, within the first lesson that I teach in my program, there's like, specific mentalities that I tell people you have to let go of. And Mm -hmm. number one is the all or nothing mentality. That's what gets people into these sticky situations where they think, well, you know, I, I need to main, I I, I can't just maintain, you know, I need to put all my effort into this one thing and you can put your, a lot of your effort into one thing, but they just don't 
I, honestly, it is, there's, there's so many things, but you know, one of the things is it's a lack of education. So mm -hmm. people grow up and they don't have any, anyone there to tell them how to eat or what to eat or how to eat. And that's not even their fault. It's like, yeah. even if they did have someone, they're probably giving them the wrong information or conflicting <laughs> information. Yeah. You're scrolling Instagram and you're like, I have no idea what to do. Like everything. This influencer is telling me that my water is unhealthy. What do yeah. I do? Yeah. And so there's just, I mean, that's, 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 that's probably the first thing is just lack of education. And I, I don't know, I'd say the first thing is maybe just lack of desire and then lack of education. Mm -hmm. And then, um, last is just probably just lack of accountability. Right. They just don't have, and maybe, and then, you know, probably intermixed with that is just a whole bunch of discouragement. Uh, I think mm -hmm. that that's one of the things that is really hard to balance for me specifically, because I think sure. it's easy for me to go out there and say, you need to be healthy. You need to do this. And then when someone looks at me, they say, well, you're healthy. Like you already know what it's like. And so they, they kind of already basically write me off because they're just kind of thinking that I'm in it for me. I just want you to have this thing that I have because it's so cool. It's like, well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really want that. You don't really know my situation, but there's the ask in the reality that man some of these ladies out there they've had four or five kids i don't know right. what like that's rough you know they've i mean some of these people they've gone through several moves some of these people have specific um diseases that cause mm -hmm. you know certain like hypothyroid or something hypothyroid some of them are on yes. on yes. medication that are literally making them gain weight yes exactly so it's it's there's there's a lot of empathy a lot of grace a lot of sympathy there and so it, mm -hmm. I think the hardest thing is for me is making, making it appealing to a point that makes someone like actually want to do that, you know? And, yeah. it's, and it's so hard because I think that a lot of these people, they think they're in this super deep pit and they're just like, why even bother crawling out? Like why, why even bother like trying? And that's a discouragement. Yes. But I want to go back backwards a little bit because a lot of these people like you said it's that all or nothing like if mm -hmm. i am going to try i'm going to do it all now i'm going to give it my all and if it doesn't work out then i give up but since when okay this is the problem <laughs> um, with our health and fitness we do all or nothing and i think as christians it stems from the fact that our faith is all or nothing mm. that with jesus it is all or nothing either we give him our everything or we give him nothing mm. um, because he deserves our everything but when that bleeds into our health and our fitness it doesn't work like that because if you give it your all and you give up one day or you eat a donut and just everything messes up, no, it doesn't work like that. You ha have to live on like that principle of 1% better each day. It's a journey. It's a process. you got to build it up slowly. You didn't gain this weight all at once. You're not going to lose it all at once. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. I would say that even applies to our faith. Like I think that obviously we're supposed to give God everything. That's what, that's what we're called to do. But sometimes our everything isn't all we have. I don't know if that makes mm -hmm. sense, but there are times where it's just, I think we, we, we think, oh man, we're not a good Christian if we're not out there uh, sacrificing our lives like the martyrs did, or we're not going mm -hmm. overseas and putting our lives in danger. It's like, if you really want to get down to the, to the finer details of what all really means, like, what exactly does that mean? Does that mean going and like selling my house, selling my, like, you know, not having just anything, you know, and just living on the streets? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, is that all? It's like, well, no, that's, that's not the principle of all. 
Like that's not the principle of everything. What is it's, it's more just like what is required of you. And, um, I think everyone is in their own like specific stage of what is of required of them, what God is calling them to mm-hmm. do. And so it's more just like, it's not about the all or nothing. It's about, are you, which, which way are you going? Like, are mm-hmm. you, are you pushing towards growth or are you neglecting really important things that, you know, are really important for your spiritual growth? Mm-hmm. And I think also, like, like you said, everyone's on their own journey in Hebrews 12. It, it's running the race set before us. If not, everyone has their own race. Some person's running a different race than another person. Like you might be running five kilometers and the other person might be running 10 kilometers. Or I don't know. You guys have miles there. So whatever that is. But um, like it's not the same race for everyone. But then there's also that conviction. Um, when you when you go back and like you read the story of of the rich man and he had all these fantastic riches and Jesus told him, go sell all that you have and give to the poor. And he walked away super depressed if Jesus told us to do that, would we Hmm. like there's that conviction knowing Hmm. that many of us, we wouldn't because we're so attached to what we have in this world. Hmm. Um, I don't know how we got here, but (laughs) let's let's backtrack a little bit. Um, if you, if you're open to it, um, to like, I've noticed in at least my own life, as a, I'm a part-time student, obviously I'm a business owner, um, like working on my, on my own coaching business. I'm also a husband and I'm also working on my own, my own fitness. And I also help my parents run their own business and all these things end up piling up, piling up. And it's like, sometimes it's, it's, it's a lot. And it feels like the first thing to go is sacrificing part of my workouts or sacrificing like all that stuff. So what do you think? How, how do you balance that? It's not really, I mean, I think people think that balance is like this 50-50 split. And Mm -hmm. that's the first thing you have to understand is balance is not about 50-50. Balance is about creating stability. So sometimes it's 70-30, but you know, the, the pendulum is, is in a different position, but there's still stability there. So Mm -hmm. it's not about being black and white, but what I typically like to do is I just embrace it because if there's, there's so much more, there's so much more benefit when you're fighting for balance than just completely giving up because then that means you are hundred percent going to be neglecting something. So when you are not fighting for balance, then you're going to be in a much worse position. So when I have all of these things piling up, I'm like, sweet, like this is what I'm called to do. I'm doing the right thing because mm-hmm. I'm working on this. I'm working on this. I'm working on this. I, I embrace that. And I think that that's what, that's what happens with people is they're doing one thing and then someone comes along and say, no, 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 you need to balance that. And they kind of push them away from the struggle because they're, they're, they're trying to create this stability that is without struggle. So mm-hmm. they're trying to say, oh yeah, like you should be, you shouldn't really be fighting for this. It should just like, they think of balance is just kind of like, all right, you're just here and it's, it's just easy going. It's like, <laughs> going that's not through what, the motions. Yeah. It's like, that's not what it's all about. It's all about, all right, let's work you know, let's, let's, let's get the job done. Like, it's like, man, I mm-hmm. got, you know, 15 business cards from people yesterday and I got to go sit down and add them all to my lead list. And it's going to take, you know, 30 minutes of my time. And I really want to go to bed or I just want to watch TikToks or something. It's like, no, like, this is what I need to do. Like, it's not even about balance. It's just doing what needs to get to get done. And that's mm-hmm. like my workout. Yeah. 
it just it, it needs to get done. Like I, it's 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 non-negotiable for me. So when you have right. non-negotiables and it comes from the mindset of balance isn't a bad thing and the struggle isn't a bad thing, I think that that just makes it so much easier for me. It's like cool. Mm-hmm. Like we're in the fire. This is great. Like we're in the trenches. Sweet. Like just just keep moving. This is this is what it is. I like that because at the end of the day, it's prioritization. What are you actually prioritizing in your life? And where's like, if something has to go, what is it? You know, I mm-hmm. notice, I notice with me um, and with others, clients, whatever it is that if, if the time, if you feel like you have no time, how much time are you spending on social media? How much time <laughs> are you watching TV? How yep. much time are you just doom scrolling through TikTok and through your reels? How much time are you like, are you wasting? Even if you want to learn a skill or if you want to to do something like that, you have, you're, you're driving. I'm sure you're driving to work or driving somewhere. Put a podcast on. Mm-hmm. I usually like sometimes on those days where I feel absolutely swamped, um, what I'll do is I'll literally put a podcast on or put the Bible just like reading and I'll take some time and reflect while I'm driving. I'll pray while I'm driving. Or on those days where I feel like I've got absolutely no time to work out, I will literally just just drop, do like a hundred pushups in ten in five ten minutes, and then that's my workout for the day. Like yep. it is a non negotiable. It yep. is. You got to figure out a way and figure out your priorities in life. What are they? Like for me, I know what my priorities are, and I will incorporate at least some time for each one. Like I'm not going to just give up on my marriage. I'm not just going to give up on my faith uh, or whatever it is. I'm going to make time for each one because each of those are a priority in my life. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I would say like practically speaking, uh, Microsoft to do is huge for me. I use Microsoft to do for everything. It's just like a to-do list and it's just, I don't know. I've I've tried several different to-do lists and it's been the easiest one, most manageable one. So having something like that is just, it, it plays a huge role practically. And mm-hmm. then I would also say just trying to keep everything really simple. I think people are really pressured into what everyone else wants from them. And so what happens is they just start doing things because everyone else wants them to do it. And yeah. there's wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a servant. There's nothing wrong with serving a church. There's nothing wrong with those things. But when, when you don't necessarily want to do those things, (laughs) which there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's coming more so from feeling obligated rather than feeling like you want to serve. Yes. And honestly, sometimes that's okay. That's totally fine. But what, what happens is those things, when they become a distraction from more important things. So, Mm -hmm. uh, like saying yes to too many things. Yes. And I think that, you have to really be honest with yourself because a lot of times why people do that is because they know they, that they're neglecting something else. And so people have this weird inclination to be self-destructive. And so they want to avoid the important things by clouding their judgment on less mm-hmm. important things and just filling well, up time with stuff. Like to give a practical example, especially as students, um, what students do is like they'll have an essay or they have something enormous worth 50% that they have to get done. But instead of doing that thing, uh, then they'll start procrastinating, whether it's something um, that's that's good, like, I don't know, folding their laundry or doing the dishes, whether it's something that sucks, like scrolling through YouTube and social media, like they'll Mm. just start procrastinating. And it's kind of like they are saying yes to doing other things instead of just knocking out what they have to do. Yeah. Maybe it's procrastination. 
Yeah, maybe maybe there's a better way of putting it is in being intentional with everything that you do. Because mm-hmm. going on social media, if you are trying to learn and understand social media for the algorithm and understand, okay, well, what is this person posting? What is that person posting? There's intent there. What if or I, if you're networking, if you're trying to meet sure. new people and, and like expand your network and, and yeah. help more people, that is intent. Exactly. And I will also say this. Sometimes the intent of pleasure – or not sometimes, but the intent of pleasure isn't bad. It's not a bad thing to go no, on of social course not. media. But the problem is you just have to make sure that your pleasures aren't outweighing your necessities. Your pleasures aren't – Or that they're not controlling you. you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So – it's just having intentionality with everything that you do and um, making sure that you're not being self-destructive and just putting things unnecessarily on your plate just to do that. I mean, for example, um, there's a family that I went to the beach with and they just had so many things to do. There was like a puzzle on the table. There was like a thing over here, a thing over here. Nothing got done. Like there was so many fun stuff to do and fun stuff to play with. None of it. Mm-hmm. We didn't do any of it. So it's like when there's when there's so much going on in your life, it's really, really hard to zero in on the important things. So I think, you know, for me and my wife, we really just like to keep things as simple as possible. And sometimes people love simplicity. Yeah. Well, one of the things people always ask is like, when are you guys going to buy a house? And part of me is like, you know what? Buying a house is fun, but that just adds complexity. There's a long mode. There's this to happen. And it's like right now. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about like a mortgage and interest rates. Exactly. But it's just the more (laughs) stuff you add into your life, the more complexity it adds. So it's like, man, if you, first of all, if you don't have the habit down of working out Mm -hmm. and you have all of this other complexity in your life, there's no way you're going to be able to get that done. So it's just, it's a matter of like, all right, like start, start scaling down and, you know, getting rid of just the complete unnecessary garbage that Mm -hmm. is in your life like that i want to go back it's still on the same topic but like with time and intentionality and the importance of time management in every season of your life your time may look different now than it does next year or two years from now but to give a practical example like last semester from january to april i was enrolled in four courses for five courses actually Two certifications. I had two part-time jobs, was running my own business, and was also trying to be a a good husband and spend time with my wife Mm -hmm. while taking care of my own health. Like for one person, that's a lot of stuff to do. Like that's a lot of stuff to do. And of course, deadlines come up. You have to submit things. You have to have to serve my clients. You have to submit your essays, whatever it is. And I'd notice in my classes, all the other students would say, listen, prof, can we get an extension? Can we get an extension? And I'm like, guys, you're here full time for courses. I have got like double, triple what's go- like, what's going on? Mm. Why aren't you doing your work? Why are you procrastinating it? Mm. If I'm able to do it with all this stuff on my plate, you're more than able to do it as well, knowing yep. that you have more time available. But then I, you know, you'd run into them and they, it's like they wouldn't be doing their work. You'd be able to see. So I think there is the importance where you have to be intentional and it's a discipline thing at the end of the day. Cause like you can set aside an hour to get work done, but then if you're doing an hour of distracted work, that is, it's not going to accumulate. It's not going to amount to one hour of undistracted work. 
Yeah. Like, no. Same thing goes for, for if you're, if you're on your phone during your workout, you're not going to get a full workout. You know what I mean? Mm. For sure. Yeah. It's just, and I, I think that maybe that's where people, that's where people get maybe go wrong with their health and fitness is they mm-hmm. see it as that distraction rather than the complementary thing. Because what, how I view my fitness and the way that I go about things, it's like, it's when you're in high school and when you're in college, your, your sole focus is just getting jacked and, you know, getting biceps, <laughs> get the girls. But then when you get a girl, it's like, wait a minute, what's this for now? Like, why am I doing this? I wasn't that kind of person. I liked uh, just working out just so I could go play basketball better. <laughs> That's what got the girl. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, like it's all about getting the girl. Funny. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, well, we're married now, so we don't have to worry about getting the girl. Exactly. What well, about keeping the girl now? <laughs> yeah, they're they're locked in. They can't go anywhere. <laughs> That's not how I see it. I just see it as every single day. It's like, all right, I got to keep winning her back. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, anyway, so like, I see that as people don't understand that fitness is a compliment and they don't know how to do it so that it's not a distraction. So mm-hmm. what happens is that, you know, people will go and they don't, they don't know how to get through an efficient workout. So they go to the gym and they're like scratching their head. Like, okay, well, what do I do? Like, do I just do some burpees or do I just do this or that? They're, they're not educated on what the heck and how to even do things. And so mm-hmm. then it does become a crux. It does become a, a barrier. And so they're like, well, why am I doing this? Because spending all this time on, like my fitness is, is becoming to my marriage. Yeah. yeah. And so mm-hmm. when, when pe- teaching people how to make fitness complementary to their life and being like, man, when I wake up and I go on a walk in the morning, I am so much more productive the rest of the right. day. And so it's, my wife and I went on a walk this morning too. Oh, heck yeah. And like, and like people don't really think about it that, that simply like there's so much out there it's like hey you gotta do this exercise like yeah everyone's trying to sell you some complex solution but it's a simple problem it's a very simple problem you don't need a complex solution but it's like if you give a simple solution they'll be like nope it's too easy it's too easy that it can't work but how many people are actually doing the simple things on a daily basis? How many people are actually getting seven to nine hours of sleep, getting enough steps in, eating vegetables, like all doing all the simple things on a daily basis? No one. Yep. No. Like it's, it's, I don't know what it's simple. Doesn't mean it's easy. Simple yep. just means it's a simple framework. Like it's, it, it doesn't look complex. Yep. No. Yeah. I, I don't know. Literally all it is. So yeah, I, just I don't know how people, we, how we fell into that. I think it was just like helping people use fitness to actually benefit them instead of being more causing more harm than good and making them less productive. Right. But like, if you see it as a gift, if you see it as like, wow, God has given me this incredible vessel, this incredible body, it's like a Ferrari and I'm able to use yeah. this thing. I'm able to to drive this thing. I'm able to run. I'm able to walk whatever, whatever I'm able to do. That's amazing. You yep. know, we, we, so we take it so much for granted until we lose that ability. And we're like, oh my gosh, I wish I mm. used it more. But if we view everything we do with gratefulness, like imagine viewing running with mm. gratefulness, the fact that I am able to actually run. Thank God that I'm able to run. Thank mm. God that these lungs are working. The blood is pumping that, that everything is moving the way it should. And I'm able to improve. That's amazing. How much better do you think our, our, our fitness would be. Yeah. 
hundred percent. And I think it goes a step further than that because that's the, that's the way that the world teaches the benefit of fitness and health. It's just a commodity, right? That's a mm-hmm. super important. It's a great commodity. But then the believer is like, well, I got other commodities that I can really focus on. It's like, okay, it's not just a commodity. We actually have a spiritual obligation ordained by God to live out of obedience mm-hmm. to take care of and steward everything that we have, whether that's our physical body, whether that's, you know, a- anything in our wives, lives that we're responsible for, whether that's our wives, our kids, and especially as men, like we have specific obligations that our female counterparts don't have and vice versa. And so it's like, right. okay, well, what is the, what is the obligation for me as a man? Well, one of the obligations is to be a good steward of what I have and be an example for my kids. So if I'm eating chips and garbage and filling my body with trash and I'm not moving, then what, what is, what is that going to do to my kids? What is that going to do to my wife? Right. Like, in, especially in, as the man, the like tradition, you are the head of the household. You have to lead by example. Yes. If you're not leading by example, if you're telling someone else, and this is like the worst thing you can do, tell someone else to, to live healthy, eat healthy exercise. And you are not, no one will listen to you. No one yeah. will trust you. Everyone will call you a hypocrite. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. We have to lead by example. Yeah. So, okay. So maybe here's, here's a question for you. Like, for um, sure. what was your dad like? My dad? Yeah. So growing up, my dad didn't exercise much. Um, growing up because like he was a very hard worker and I look up to him for his discipline because he was a business owner. He provided for us every day. Like he would work so much on the house, on the business, on everything. Um, so I respect him for that, but he didn't really take care of his health. Um, until this past one year, like not even Mm -hmm. maybe six months ago, I convinced him somehow, I think it was a doctor who convinced him like, you got to get your cholesterol levels lower. It's not looking good. And Finally, he was like, okay, let's do this. I'll start exercising. Mm. Now, the guy is exercising almost every day. He (laughs) has lost a significant amount of weight, like transformed his body. And I look up to him for that. Like, Mm. I want to one day be able to say I went on a a 40-kilometer bike ride with my dad. I want to be able to say that stuff, you know? Mm. Now, it's amazing. But growing up, it wasn't always like that. Mm. You know, like, what would you do if, if... if your dad, I don't know about, I don't know. What, what was your dad like? What would you do if he didn't exercise and didn't really care for his health? Yeah, I would say it's not necessarily even about them going to the gym and exercising. It's it's more because, I mean, kids don't care about that. Like, his kids are like yeah. selfish. You just want your dad to, you know, play games. Play, yeah, literally. Yeah. And so, like, as a kid, like, I just see a lot of these dads just sitting by the poolside and just watching their kids because they're just they're too fat to go and like swim around for and they're just too out of shape to go go on a walk with their kids my, my dad when he mm-hmm. got home he would throw the football with us i mean just that like little teeny tiny amount of physical and my, my dad's a physical like specimen of a man but uh yeah he's he's an absolute legend he we played basketball on father's day and he absolutely destroyed me and i'm not That's like so the funny. worst basketball player either but yeah he just he just cooks me he plays basketball at least once a week and uh, he, he ran his marathon a couple years ago. He, he runs all the time, but he's just wow. a worker of all time. But like, I, I wouldn't even say that like him, like he, he doesn't even go to the gym, right? That's what, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He, he, he kind of just, he's just a hard worker. He's just very active. He's very dedicated. And like, he's just a very faithful man. And so, mm-hmm. and he couldn't do those things if he let himself go. 
He couldn't. Right. I mean, there's a lot of dads out there like, oh, I can't throw the football with you, son, because, you know, my rotator cuff is hurting, you know, or like, no, I can't. You know, it's just he, he never had those excuses. He would throw the football with us when he came home from work. Like, I, I don't even know why that's like the most significant thing in my brain that he did. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Like, we had this line that he would throw from, and then we would we would call him, I think we'd call him like bombs. So would be like, all right, like we're going to try to like push the limits. And so he would throw it farther and we would like have to try to get mm-hmm. these bombs. But like clearly we... this was a significant thing for you. Oh, like, yeah. The fact that he was able to do this. Yes. You know, like imagine a situation where he didn't do that. Yeah. Well, like that would have completely changed maybe the way you grew up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you, I, may, I think... you maybe would have been uh, like a little fatter growing up and maybe well, not I, wouldn't be here. Dude, I was super fat. <laughs> My family. Actually, me too. Eat very good. Um. And so, like, I mean, I didn't really have any, like, influences on the health side growing up. Um, so, yeah, I was a super fat kid growing up. But I think that I think that that's what happens when you're a kid is you kind of just do your own thing. And then you really start to gain respect for your parents once you start to go through some of the stuff that they actually experience. And so mm-hmm. what happens is, you know, when I was growing up, I was just like, cool, dad's throwing the football with me. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, like I actually worked with my dad for, for four years. He's a light bulb salesman. And so I worked at his and I, I saw what he did like in person and on a day to day. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And you would come home and throw the football with us. <laughs> like it's just, it blew my mind. And so I think the respect comes and I think what ha- what would happen, what would have happened if the opposite is I probably would have grown up and had a little bit more like you know, I don't know, like, it's, it's really not that hard, dad. Like, why, why, why didn't you take care of your health? Mm-hmm. You know, like just seeing how other, other people can take care of their health and they're in these crazy situations. And it's like, well, why didn't you do that? You know, why didn't you throw mm-hmm. the football with us? I don't know. Um, so I just like, think that, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's amazing. I was just thinking about when you said other people take care of the, their health in these crazy situations. And it, it reminds me of some clients that I have some mm-hmm. clients who like literally own their own businesses, have four kids, are working, are are busy, are are counselors and and are doing literally everything a, a human could possibly do, but they'll wake up at five to hit their workout in or mm. will wake up at four to hit their workout in. Mm. Like that is commitment. That mm. is amazing. They're not only setting an example for their kids, but they are taking care of their body so that let's say grandkids come along, they're not out of out of shape, out of commission, can't do anything they have the ability to play with grandkids. They have the, it's investing. It is. It's investing in yourself, investing in your future. I don't know why we're so obsessed with investing money to get as rich as possible, but then you we don't invest in ourselves. We don't invest in our health. Does it really make sense? What's the point of not investing in yourself if you can't enjoy your Mm. future? Like all the money in the world can't buy you good health. Mm. Yep. Yeah. It's not was just many rant for me. No, I think Ecclesiastes is the most annoying book in the Bible, but it's also my favorite. <laughs> there's, I think it's uh, chapter nine where it talks about the race is not to the swift or to the smart, mm-hmm. but everyone's going to be caught up in that luck at one day. And so it, it's like, I think what happens and me and Matthew are actually talking about this. It's just like this nihilistic approach to health. And so I think a lot of Christians are just like, well, you know, whatever, like I'm going to die one of these days. And Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask you, like, yeah. what do you say to those people who are like, ah, what's the point? If we're going to die, we're going to have new bodies. What's the point of exercise? Well, what do you say to that? It's the people it's they, they're thinking of it the wrong the wrong view. They think it's a commodity. Like, I don't need that commodity right now. Like, 
I'm going to have, you know, that in heaven. It's like, well, it's not a commodity. It's actually like living in neglect and disobedience. So it's like, if you think of it like that, then <laughs> what other area in life can you neglect that is like, you know what? I'll just worry about that later. You know what? I'm not really loving my wife right now. Uh, we just had a fight and I guess like I'm abusing her. But, you know, in heaven, like everything's going to be okay. I'm just going to completely neglect my family and my life and my financial responsibilities. But, you know, we're going to be rich in heaven. Like whatever. It's like, no. <laughs> it's like that's like the worst attitude you can have towards a spiritual obligation. <laughs> like definitely not like that's that's a horrible that's a horrible objection so i think it just comes from people thinking that health is just this commodity that we can have when it's actually a a obligation that we have that some people are really neglecting and you can't do that with anything mm -hmm. i agree um okay question for you you ready i'm ready what would you say to someone who it's like they're they just have no idea what to do like no idea they kind of they have the motivation they feel like they have the discipline to take care of themselves they feel like like i can do this i just don't know what to do like where do i go fundamentals focus on the fundamentals master the fundamentals that's what i teach my program it's, mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's what you have to do you have to start with how you think and then you have to move on to what you fuel your body with and then you have to focus on how you move and those are, the, those are the three main things. If you can nail down getting consistent exercise three to five times a week, you can nail down eating and understanding nutrition and just the basics of that. And then, um, yeah, just getting, getting your sleep and your stress management just at an mm -hmm. understanding level. Like education, I think, is just the basic starting point for anybody like you just have of to course. bring awareness to the situation uh, because awareness you know gives freedom to you know you know do whatever you need to do to create sustainability within your situation so mm -hmm. that's what i would tell people is just start educating yourself and there's a lot of information out there and that's why me and you do this is because we know that there's a lot of garbage information out there there's so, so much help and I, I oh my gosh think, yeah I don't think that we're like 100% necessary. And that's the thing is like people preach like, you need my program. But it's like, look. Not I've at been, all. Yeah, I've been doing this fitness thing for over a decade, dude. It's like if you want to get there quickly and you trust me, then like that's what we're going to do. We're just going to really nail in the fundamentals education wise. And then we're going to practice it. And we're going to focus on how to implement that to your unique situation. So mm -hmm. that's what I would tell someone mm -hmm. is just start mastering the fundamentals, you yourself, or hire a coach who's been there before and helped other people before because right. that saves you the time. Yes, 100%. But like, again, I, I love what you're saying here because like I have certain clients and I love these clients. They're hard workers. They're incredible hard workers, but they're trying to like fast forward the results in a way. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You just started exercising. You just started like master what we're focusing on right now You're, you need to master the basic movements before you start progressing them you don't just start at a, a dumbbell high plank low row with like it, you know you have to to build up yeah. everything to get there you got to build up everything it's the same with your faith you have to understand the fundamentals of your faith same with your nutrition you have to and once you master all that mm. then we start progressing you don't jump into a progression you don't jump into a marathon if you've never ran in your entire life mm. 
Yeah, I'm not. So really I completely agree. On like a super super deep theological book, if they've never even read the Bible, you know, they're gonna be like, yeah, what? like what is biblical hermeneutic theology and like, <laughs> all these big words? It's like, no, that's what is exegesis? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, why are we getting rid of Jesus? Why are we exiting him? I, th- I thought the book was Exodus, not exegesis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you just have to start with the fundamentals. That's really where it is. I mean, when you think about, I mean, when I think about my Christian walk, I mean, that's everything. I mean, from from when I was a kid to growing up, it was like, look, these are the stories. This is Noah and the flood. And this is like, it wasn't complex stuff. It's like, ooh, cool stories, you know, pictures and stuff. And then when you get older, you're like, oh, wow, man, this is some complex free will versus, you know, (laughs) all these points of Calvinism and stuff. And it's like, wow, this is a lot more complicated, but I can handle that because, you know, you, you did your due diligence growing up and okay, like Awana, you know, like there's, there's just Bible verses that I just, I just know, I don't, not really super good with the references, but it's like, oh yeah, I know the fundamentals of what first Corinthians is talking about. You know, I know the mm-hmm. whole point of that entire, entire book. And so when somebody asks me a question, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of have a good answer for that because I have a good right. education, a good fundamental education on those things. And that comes back to, to what Jesus says. Like, you don't build your house on the sand. It'll mm-hmm. just fall away when a storm comes. You've got to build mm-hmm. it on the rock, build it on a firm foundation. And then whatever comes your way, it will be able to to be sustained. And that mm-hmm. rock at the end of the day is Jesus. That that foundation is Jesus. Building everything around him, that's how you're going to sustain it, right? Mm-hmm. Facts. Mm-hmm. You know that song? The wise man built his house on the rock. Oh, yes. That takes me back to Sunday school. <laughs> it's a good one, dude. That Those were the days. Spirit, man. Mm, some good stuff. The fruit of the spirit is not a pineapple. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that one, but. Oh, yeah. That I was know. funny. I, I led like kids That's... worship for like, I don't know, like 10 years, dude. Really? <laughs> kids, are so much, so funny. kids are so much easier to lead worship than adults. Like I led a, for adults and the adults were like super like picky and they're like, I don't like that song or like. That song doesn't mm-hmm. say this or whatever. And then like the kids are just like, the fruit of the spirit. You're like, let's go. <laughs> like, let's go gosh. with it. But also <laughs> like the fruit, of, the, the kids are just so much more willing to accept it. You know, yeah. like you don't have to argue <laughs> with them. Yeah. I remember our church, like they, they told us to stop singing Father Abraham because what? in that song, it says, I am one of them. And so are you. They're like, you're leaving. Oh, Cause we're not Jewish. <laughs> well, no, they're like, well, you're, you're leading kids to think that they're already saved. By telling them I'm a father, a son of Abraham, and whatever. I didn't even think that. I was just thinking because, like, like, the Jewish people. Yeah, I definitely don't think the kids are thinking that. They're just thinking about like like mosh pitting with their friends. Like, (laughs) I I am a son of Abraham. (laughs) Yeah, but I love that song. That's hilarious. There's some kids that would get completely turned on that song. (laughs) That's hilarious. That's so funny. Well, listen, I appreciate you being on here. This was a pretty awesome podcast. Um, and I'm really glad that, you know, your business and your coaching and all that has is also your ministry. Uh, there's not many of us in the Christian fitness space. So I'm really glad that, you know, we were able to connect. And if you know anyone, bring them my way as well. Um, I love meeting new Christians in this space because it's such a pleasure to connect. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, the last thing I'll say is uh, we were talking in my Bible study the other day about persecution, and I think what's going to happen first is there's going to be a lot of persecution online because I think people are, it's very easy to, 
like throw out opinions and things when you're behind a screen. And so I think that that's mm-hmm. where it's going to start. So, you know, I just commend like you just for being bold about your faith, because I think like right now it is just one of those things. It's kind of fun. It's kind of cool to go out there and like preach Jesus's name. But I think, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 years from now, it's just, it may not be a very popular thing. So it's cool that we have started this relationship. It's cool that we have been able to just be open about this. And no matter what, like I pray that we just both just stay bold and just I agree. You know, keep preaching no matter what. I agree. Ultimately, it is a blessing to suffer for Christ. Um, so whether that's suffering online through through cyberbullying or whatever you want to call it, um, or whether it's literally physically suffering or whatever it is, it's a suffer. It's it's a pleasure. It is a blessing to suffer for him and with him because ultimately he suffered for us. Facts, dude. Facts. Hey, man. Well, I appreciate you, and I'm glad you're here. And to all those listening, catch us next time on another episode of the Healthy Christian Project. Mm-hmm.